optimism. And Nabi, despite whatever condition he faced, he was optimistic. So today I want to give you hope that there is hope. We can't become despondent. We can't become so forlorn that everything now is collapsing. Globally, we can see everything is collapsing. Globally, we can see the economic markets, how jittery they are globally. We can see on a local level how everything is breaking apart. The infrastructure of the country is breaking apart. We can see that the infrastructure of our suburbs is breaking apart. Everything is falling apart. But in Mu'min, no matter what the situation is, what the condition is, he must be optimistic. Because he's got Allah and his Rasul I would also like to mention that this is the first time I'm speaking in this masjid. And I would like to pay tribute to Hazrat Sufi Sahib Rahmatullah for having established this beautiful markaz of the deen. Like that Hazrat Sufi Sahib Rahmatullah has established so many masajid in this country and out of this country. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward him abundantly and immensely his great contribution to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May this masjid and every masjid in our country and throughout the world remain till the day of Qiyamah as the flag bearers and the marakis of the deen. Now coming to Gaza, what is our understanding of what is there? Yes, we are seeing things on the news. We are seeing graphics. We are seeing clips. Today every person has a computer in his pocket. We are being bombarded with information. Some information makes us very happy. It gives us a lot of hope and encouragement. And some, in, some information we are receiving, it totally demoralizes us. When we see destruction, and when we see buildings have been brought down, and when we see people bleeding, limbs missing, under rubble, yes, it causes us distress. Causes us a lot of distress. Alhamdulillah, our Jamaat, our relief team from the Jamiatul Ulama, we've been to many hotspots of the world. And just this year, we have been to Turkey after the earthquake took place and subsequently as well. It's a scene just like that. Buildings are brought down, people who are injured, who are maimed, who are hurt. So how do we react? Firstly, let us analyze as mu'min, as mu'mineen what we need to do. There are certain things we need to do that can help the ummah. Complaining is not going to help the ummah. We are an ummah who is proactive, or we should be proactive, not reactive. So what should we be doing? So the first thing we should be doing, there are certain points which we all should bring into our lives. The first thing is our ta'alluq ma'allah. Yes, we are hurt. We are hurting. And if we're not hurting, then there is a question mark on the current of our iman. This is one ummah. This Muslim ummah is one ummah, the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the believers are one brotherhood. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explained in so many ahadith that al Muslimu mir'atul Muslim, al Muslimu akhul Muslim, al Muslimu man salim al Muslimuna bil lisanihi wa yadihi au kama qal. So many ahadith, Nabi Sallallahu spoke about the brotherhood. And if we really want to understand that we are one ummah, unity of the ummah is not an aspect of the deen, it is the very deen, unity of the ummah. If we look at the five pillars of Islam, 
The first one is our Tawheed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Risalat of the Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you look at the four pillars that follow, what are the four pillars that follow? They are all done in unison as a ummah. If you look at the first thing, Salah, Buniyal Islam ala khams, Shahadati Allah ilaha illallah, wa anna muhammadan abduhum wa rasooluh, wa iqami salah wa itai zakah, wa alhajj wa sumi ramadhan, wa kama qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Salah is done as a jama'ah. It's not done individually unless there is a valid excuse. But salah is performed five times a day in unison, in the masjid, together as brothers. It's performed in a jama'ah, jama'atul muslimin. And if it's read in jama'ah, then the reward is multiplied manifold, as we learn in the hadith. The next ibadah, we look at zakah. Zakah is when one Muslim empowers and helps another Muslim. Zakah can't be given to a Muslim. It's to do with the ummah again. Zakah can only be given to a Muslim. Yes, sadaqah lillah we can give to a non-Muslim. But zakah as an ibadah, only to a Muslim. The third aspect is Ramadan. If you look at Ramadan, we fast at the same time as a jama'ah, as a global ummah. As a jama'ah, we fast in the same time in the Hijri year. We fast from morning to, to night at the same time. So our ibadah is done in unison again. And if we look at the last pillar of Islam, there's no last pillar, but the pillar mentioned at the end, Hajj, it's done in unison. It's done together. It's done in a specific place and a specific time. Can't be done out of that time. And it's done where the ummah becomes a melting pot. Where the ummah from throughout the world, they come together at the Baytullah al-Haram. And they go on the, to Mina, Arafah, Muzdalifah, together as a jama'atul Muslim. So our whole ibadah is linked as an ummah together. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam explained the unity of the ummah that al-muslimuna karajulun wahid that the believers are like one body like one person that if one part of the body inishtaka aynuhu ishtaka kulluhu wa inishtaka ra'suhu ishtaka kulluhu kama qala sallallahu alayhi wasallam that the ummah is like one body if the head is in distress in the body, the whole body feels the distress, the difficulty. If the eye is in distress, the whole body feels the difficulty and the distress. And Nabi Wasallam clasped his hands to show the unity of the ummah, that this is the unity of the ummah. When Shaykhul Hind rahimahullah, Shaykhul Hind rahimahullah was that person who was arrested by the British because he was very instrumental in waging jihad against the British and removing the oppression from the land of Hind, India. So he was arrested and he was banished to Malta, an island which was a British protectorate, Malta, and there he was imprisoned for about four or five years. At an elderly age, when he was released in 1920, from the British had to release him finally, they tortured him, Sheikh Hind rahimahullah. These are our elders who have paid with their, with their bodies, with their blood, with their sweat, with their time, with so much they have paid. The British used to torture him, Sheikh Hind rahimahullah.
with him his student and his khadim Mulana Hussein Ahmad Madani rahimahullah many of us may have heard of this name he accompanied his ustad to prison voluntarily to look after his ustad in the cold months of winter in Malta, it becomes extremely cold. He used to hold water. He used to take water and hold it against his body. So in the morning, when his ustad gets up, he has warm water to make wudu. When they were giving shaykhul in ghusal, for the mayyids, when they were giving ghusal, the time of his demise, they saw branding on his back, where the British had branded his back. The marks of branding. So when he was released, in 1920, he was 69 years old, advanced age. And he had spent a lifetime in Talib, seeking knowledge, disseminating knowledge, compiling knowledge, a lifetime in Beijing Jihad. And today we are frightened to use this word Jihad. Why are we afraid to use the word Jihad? No, Mulana, you mustn't use that word Jihad. They, 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 they're watching you. They record you. They report you. The Quran is filled with jihad. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that Islam is built on five pillars. But what is the canopy of Islam? What is the roof of those five pillars? A jihad of Allah. Jihad in the path of Allah. We need to talk about jihad. We open Fazali Amal. We open a kitab. We read on the virtues of jihad. But we don't want to talk about jihad. Jihad is part of our deen. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his whole Medina life was spent in jihad, was spent in the path of Allah, but battles, different kinds of battles. Jihad in the path of Allah. Did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi not go out to Badr in the second year of the Hijri? Did he not go out to Uhud in the third year of the Hijri? Did he not go to the, for the conquest of Makkah? Did he not go to Hunayn? Did he not go to Tabuk? Did he not go in jihad himself? His whole life was jihad. The Quran Sharif speaks openly about jihad. So it's something we shouldn't be shying away from. We should be open about it. This is our deen. This is the deen of Islam. It's how we understand jihad. That's very, very important. So the canopy of Islam is jihad is sabilillah. And we have been sent in this ummah to subjugate land after land, to expand Islam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, today unfortunately, there is no active jihad taking place. Where we, are, we, are, we are basically defending the lands of Islam, which is very noble itself. But Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what did he do? He, Islam is an expansionist religion. It's supposed to get territory after territory under the subjugation of Islam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wrote to the Roman emperor. We do this in madrasa as children. He wrote to the Persian emperor. He wrote to Muqaddis from Egypt. What did he write there? That I, the Rasul of Allah, I invite you to Islam. And if you don't accept Islam, then we'll read jihad on you. And you'll have to pay us jizya, you'll have to pay us a tax. This was the open declaration of jihad by Nabi that if you don't accept, no problem, you pay tax. We can't force you to accept the deen of Islam. La ikraha fi deen. There is no compulsion for a person to accept the deen of Islam. You can't force anyone to accept Islam. Islam is voluntary, it comes from within a person. His iman is eternal. But we will take control over your land, over your territory. We'll bring it under the domain, do, domain of Islam. And we'll make you pay jizya. We'll protect you as our 
non-Muslim citizen or subject and you pay us jizya, you pay us a protection tax as well. So that is Islam, it's an expansionist religion. If it wasn't an expansionist religion, then how would the Roman Empire have fallen? How would the Persian Empire have fallen? How did Islam reach so many places, after, especially after the demise of the Prophet within the next few decades? We ourselves, Alhamdulillah, most of us, we are a result of Muhammad bin Qasim rahimahullah, having invaded Sindh, having come to Sindh, waging jihad on Sindh because of zulam that was taking place. And we owe it to him, rahmatullahi wasi'ah, that many of us got our iman and our Islam through that avenue. So it's something we need to speak about, it's not something to shy away about. So coming back to the Palestinian issue. Palestine is very central to each and every one of us. We know that it's the place of Isra and Mi'raj. It's the place that Nabi went on Mi'raj. And Palestine is part of the land of the Sham. And Nabi said that the angels of Allah have spread their wings over the land of Sham. The whole event, all that is the land of Sham. They have spread their wings. It's Ardul Mubarak, Ardul Mahshar. It's a blessed land. It's a land of resurrection. So many Sahaba Ikram, over a hundred Badri Sahaba. The greatest Sahaba are the Badri Sahaba. Over a hundred Badri Sahaba set their eyes and their Mubarak feet on the land of Sham. How many thousand Sahaba Kiram are buried in the land of Sham? How blessed a land it is. So this Masjid al-Aqsa al-Mubarak, Masjid al-Aqsa is not the gold dome that some of us understand or the dark green or black dome. That's not Masjid al-Aqsa as we understand. Masjid al-Aqsa is the entire compound, the entire area, the precinct of Aqsa, which is 144,000 square meters in the land of Sham, within Jerusalem. So 144 square meters of land, that entire land is al-Aqsa al-Mubarak. Anywhere a person reads Salah and that entire compound, not necessarily in the Kibali Masjid, which is right at the end, or in the Gold Dome, where the Gold Dome is situated, or in the uh, other Marwani Masjid, there are several Masajid on the compound. Any piece of land that a person reads Salah, his Salah will be multiplied 500 times in reward, inshallah. Masjid al-Haram, 100,000 times. Masjid al-Nabawi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there are different riwayat, but a thousand times more. And Masjid al-Aqsa al-Mubarak multiplied by 500 times. Imagine the people who live there and they read all their salah on this Mubarak precinct. What is the reward that they have accumulated with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So this was a place of Isra and Mi'raj. It was the year 638. When jihad is being waged by Sahaba Ikiram, 5,000 Sahaba Ikiram were involved in the liberation of Al-Aqsa Al-Mubarak. It was under Christian rule at that time. It was the year 638. And in the time of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, when he was Khalifa to Rasulullah in his golden era, Masjid al-Aqsa, the, the, the keys of Masjid al-Aqsa, the gates of Masjid al-Aqsa fell. And at that time, the Christians who were controlling it, they requested Sayyidina Umar as upper their scriptures. He must come and receive the keys himself personally. 
سيدنا عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه left مدينة المنورة to go and receive the keys to himself with one slave, one khadim, and that too with so many patches on his clothing, so many patches, they counted up to 14 patches on his clothes. As a leader, conqueror of Al-Aqsa, and he went and he reached a long story, and he received the keys in his hands. And it came under Muslim control in the year 638. Within a short period after the demise of the Prophet Sallallahu Alif Lam Mim Hujibati Rum Fi Adhan Al-Ard Ila Akhir Al-Ayah Thereafter it remained under Muslim control Right up to the year 1099 When the Crusaders took control of Masjid Al-Aqsa Al-Mubarak It came under Christian dominion again And Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala created a young man a young man whose name is in the history and the corridors of Islam, Salahuddin Al-Ayyubi Rahmatullahi Alayhi, who was an Arab. He was an Ajam, he was a Kurdi from Kurdistan. This young boy, inspired by his Ustad in the Maktab, and with the correct Dini Ta'aleem and upbringing, he made it a mission of his life that I will become the liberator of Al-Aqsa. When his Ustad asked the little children, who should liberate Aqsa? He says, Ya Ustad, I will liberate Aqsa. And this young man had a mission in life. And let him be an inspiration to our youth. That he worked his way in the army till he became the commander. And the story is long, the time is short. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it that it was the year 1187. When Salahuddin al-Ayyubi, rahimahullah, takes the keys of Aqsa again. Like Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab, and the keys remain with us, the Muslim Ummah, from 1187 right till 1917. Look at the period it remained with us. Over millennia, it remained in the Muslim hands till the British took it in 1917, and the rest is history. We know the recent history. And the apartheid state of Israel, illegitimate state was formed in 1948, and the rest of the history we all are aware of. What can we do? What can we do as an Ummah? We're sitting here in Durban, in the southern part of Africa. What can we do to assess Aqsa? Firstly, strengthen our Iman. Strengthen our condition with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Become real Muslims, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to become. Establish our ta'aluk with Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. His sunnah. Bring every aspect of his sunnah that we possibly can into our lives. The third thing we need is unity in the ummah. Unity in the ummah. Shaykh al-Indrahimahullah, who I mentioned when he was released from Malta and the few remaining months of his life, he says the cause of this distress in the Ummah. He's talking about 1920. What is the cause of the disunity on the, in the Ummah? What is the cause of the plight of the Muslims today? He's speaking about 1920, over a century ago. He said the first one is disunity. Disunity. How can we be a force if we are disunited? The second thing he mentioned, abandonment of the Quran and Majid. Two things he mentioned, disunity and abandonment of the Quran and Majid. The reasons he mentioned 103 years ago are as relevant today. Is it not? Are as relevant today. So how do we bring about unity in the Ummah? First we started unity in the home. Unity in the family nucleus. 
Unity between husband and wife. Unity between parents and children. Unity between family members. Unity in the locality. Unity in the community. And it permeates the global ummah when unity starts in the home. We need to bring about unity in our homes. Then the fourth thing we need is education. We need to educate ourselves. We need to know what's happening in the ummah through correct sources and mediums. And fifthly, and there are many other points but my time is up. We need to engage in abundant dua. There's no despondency. Turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ruju ilallah. Inabat ilallah. Cry before Allah. And the help of Allah has to come. Ala inna nasrullahi qareeb. Wa kana haqqan alayna nasrul mu'mineen. The help of Allah has been promised to us already. He's promised. Allah doesn't speak lies. Allah doesn't go back on his word. We have to meet the conditions where the help of Allah will come. My time is up. I forgive as I beg your forgiveness. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح الله أكبر Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah in Ahmaduhu, Wanestainuhu, Wanestakhiruhu, Wanuminubihi, Wanatawakalu Ali, Wanaudu Bilahim in Shururi and Fusina, Wamin Sayyati, Amalina, Sallallahu Ta'ala, Ali, Wala Ali, Wasabi, Ajmain, Ama Bad, Fayamashar Ali Juan, Usikum, Wanafsi, Bitakwa Allah, Fakada Fazil Mutakun, Kalata Baraka Wata'ala, in Namal Mukminun, Ikwa. وقد قال تبارك وتعالى إن هذه أمتكم أمة واحدة وقد قال رسول الله صلى الله تعالى عليه وسلم المسلم مرآة المسلم وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم المسلم أخ المسلم لا يظلمه ولا يسلمه أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بالآيات والذكر الحكيم استغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين قال تبارك وتعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي 
اللهم انصر الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم اعز الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم ايد الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم الف بين قلوبنا اللهم الف بين قلوبنا اللهم الف بين قلوبنا وجميع قلوب المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات واصلح ذات بيننا واهدنا سبل السلام ونجنا من الظلمات الى النور وجنبنا الفواحش والفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن وبارك لنا في اسماعنا وابصارنا وازواجنا وذرياتنا واولادنا وقواتنا وتب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم وجعلنا شاكرين لنعمتك مثنين بها قابليها واتمها عليها وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين قال تبارك وتعالى ان الله يامر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروني اذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون اقم الصلاه الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله هيا على الصلاة هيا على الصلاة هيا على الفلاح هيا على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله استووا سووا صفوفكم أقيموا صفوفكم straighten the steps make sure there are no gaps in between shoulder to shoulder الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين والتين والزيتون وطور سينين وهذا البلد الأمين لقد خلقنا الإنسان في أحسن تقويم ثم رددناه أسفل سافلين إلا إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات فلهم أجر غير ممنون فما يكذبك بعد بالدين أليس الله بأحكم الحاكمين الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين
اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين إذا جاء نصر الله والفتح ورأيت الناس يدخلون في دين الله أفواجا فسبح بحمد ربك واستغفره إنه كان توابا الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الله أكبر استغفر الله استغفر الله استغفر الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم أتوب إليه بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على إمام الأنبياء والمرسلين والصلاة والسلام على أكرم الأنبياء والمرسلين والصلاة والسلام على أفضل الأنبياء والمرسلين والصلاة والسلام على أحسن الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا وطبيبنا ومولانا محمد عبد الله ورسوله اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك والله شوي ومسي أبان دعوما برسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا الله take mercy on us يا الله forgive us our sins يا الله يا الله forgive our major and minor sins يا الله يا الله أسس دعوما برسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم wherever they are in distress يا الله يا الله emancipate مسجد الأقصى المبارك يا الله from the accursed يهود يا الله يا الله return مسجد الأقصى to the أمة of رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم Oh Allah, our brothers and our sisters and those little children, Ya Allah, who are suffering in Gaza, Ya Allah, that zulam and oppression, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who have passed away, you have got their place in Jannah, Ya Allah, Shuhada, Ya Allah. Those who are injured, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, assist them, Ya Allah, give them shifa, Ya Allah, give them sabr, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who are suffering, Ya Allah, hunger, starvation, Ya Allah, the lack of amenities. Ya Allah, you change the conditions, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you only and you can change the conditions of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, change the conditions, Ya Allah. Bring about prosperity, Ya Allah. Remove this adversity from the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bless us with the true love of, your, of yourself, Ya Allah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, bless us, Ya Allah, with the love of the Muslim Ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, is the love of the Ummah in our hearts, Ya Allah. Let us have feeling for the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, we all have the Khatima Ata Farma, Ya Allah. Khatima Bil Khair Ata Farma. Khatima Ma Imani Kamil Ata Farma, Ya Allah. Hamsi, Ya Allah, Hamare Marhumin Ko, Ya Allah, Maghfirat Farma. Ya Allah, Unki Kabro Ko Munawar Farma. Ya Allah, Hamare Marhumin Ko, Jannatul Firdaus Ata Farma. Ya Allah, Hamare Upar Raham Farma. Karam Farma, Raham Farma, Karam Farma. Ya Allah, Hamsi Akar, Hibbat Kari, Ya Allah. لیکن یا اللہ آپ کے اپنے بندے ہیں یا اللہ آپ کے بندے میں سے ہیں یا اللہ آپ کے اپنے قبول فرما ان اللہ و ملائکتہ یصلون علی النبی یا ایوہ الذین آمنوا صلو علیہ وسلم تسلیمہ 
اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين